it's going to help with accuracy. So manual data entry, you can easily make a mistake. They can easily add an extra zero or drop an extra zero. And that's not great for business either. So having a lot of things automated is going to end up having more accuracy in the data that's being output. And therefore the value of your service hasn't changed. It's actually probably improved. You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast sponsored by Go Proposal by Sage. I've been a student of value pricing for many years now. Understanding pricing has helped me to transform our firm's results and build a firm that can run without me. A key tool we use for pricing in our firm is Go Proposal. It allows us to build the price in person with the prospect and send out a proposal and engagement letter immediately, which has saved us hours from how we used to do it before. Not only that, but being able to create a standardized pricing system within the software means everyone on my team can use it freeing me up from being the bottleneck. If you're not using it already, I highly recommend you check it out. Just head to goproposal.com forward slash sign up for your free trial. Now over to the latest episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. Hi and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Jane Wood and we're joined today by Emily Ossington and Josh Probert from Next Minute. We're here to talk today about how you choose the right apps, software, tech that you're going to be using in your bookkeeping business. Um, I mean, Joe and I were at Accountex a couple of weeks ago, and it's really, it can feel really overwhelming in terms of the choices that you've got and uh, and how you like choose the right things for you. How do you decide when there's all of that noise out there? So um, Emily and Josh, really nice to see you. Do you want to start by telling me a little bit about what you do at Next Minutes? Would you like to start, Emily? Yeah, sure. So my role at Next Minute is Head of Partnerships um, globally. So I'm actually based in Sydney, Australia, and I oversee our partner program, which is predominantly made up of bookkeepers who are working with us to help their trade and construction clients improve and simplify the way that they work. Um, So that's a really brief synopsis on what I do in the business. But Josh, you can explain a little bit more about exactly what we do at Next Minute. Yeah, um, so I'm Josh. I'm the head of customer success for the UK. I've been at Next Minute for uh, about 18 months, um, which is pretty cool. But yeah, Next Minute as a whole is a construction management system that's built for residential construction and associated trades. Uh, Our aim is to help make their life easier by managing pricing, planning, people and profit. So any kind of trade that is associated with a new residential house, uh, renovating or improving your home. That's kind of our ideal client. Um, yeah, that's that's Next Minute down to a T. Excellent. So Next Minute is an app. And does it link in with other softwares as part of your app stack? Yes. So um, Next Minute has some best-in-class integrations with Xero and QuickBooks um, that really allows us to seamlessly connect Um to bring across the likes of supplier invoices, sales invoices, timesheets, to effectively have that one true source of, of data and to try and make everyone's life easier by displaying it in a simple way. So in our audience, we have lots of new bookkeepers here, people that have never heard of apps and app stacks before. And I remember thinking, what are they talking about? Like, this is gobbledygook. Josh, do you want to like, explain what an app stack kind of is? Yeah, of course. Um, so an app stack is a group of software programs that work together to achieve a common goal. So whether that be automating manual processes within your business or enabling you to work 
closer with um, within your client systems. So um, a prime example of an app stack working really well together to improve cost transparency would be um, Dex and Zero. So you can automate the data collection from one platform into another, and you've got kind of a, a seamless way. There's a lot of uh, data entry that it kind of cuts out as well. So yeah, having those two programs talk to each other um, is a great example of a app stack. Okay, so, um, so and yeah, and I like I was talking to some members of our success lounge actually this morning about how we could how we kind of need to understand who our client is and what the journey of the customer is through our business because we use different tools and integrations and systems to help us from from the moment that they book a call with us and like book that very first initial consultation or communicate with us in some way. Um, we, and we can kind of control what that is if we decide what our tools are. But I think we are sometimes just driven by things build up and we don't necessarily take those decisions. Um, and then we work with them as we onboard our clients, as we support them when we get into the routine of doing the bookkeeping um, and with all of the other things that we can do, all of the different tools that we can add in. So. What, um, is Next Minute a replacement for some of the other tools that people might be using if they're working with uh, clients in the construction trades? Um, yeah, so a kind of good um, example um, that we have is um, Zero Projects. So Zero Projects is kind of used widely as it just plugs directly into Zero and kind of works really well. But we, what we kind of find is that uh, Zero Projects is like a great entry level system, but it can't really scale with, with the business it doesn't offer kind of the nitty-gritty especially when you start to kind of look at the, the niche um, industries as well so such as construction um, so we've personally had many kind of bookkeepers move the clients over from um, zero projects just because they start to find it a little bit basic and you can then start to have all these kind of tools talking to each other so yeah we try and help kind of productivity there and um just generally improve kind of communications between the bookkeeper and the client as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if you so, want to add anything there, Em. Well, I was just going to ask, so if, if no one's ever used zero projects before, what's zero projects meant to do for a bookkeeper? And then how does Next Minute do it better in the construction space? Yeah, so zero projects is um, one of the add-on features that you know Zero has to offer that is targeted for uh, construction and tradespeople, and it helps them manage the projects that they're working on. Essentially, so it really is Zero projects, um, but it's a really, as as Josh said, it's an entry level product. So Zero is obviously predominantly an accounting software, and that's you know what they do really, really well. And the the add-ons that they've built in, or you know products that they've bought out over time are there to help maybe expand their offering but it doesn't offer the full suite of what those clients sometimes need so as Josh said it's really entry level it really helps them just get a basic overview which is great if they've never used a job management tool before um, outside of that you would probably see these clients using excel to run their projects because we all know Excel is like the golden child of every software. It can do everything, um, but it's not the most efficient way to run a business. Obviously it's clunky. It, um, you, you probably need a little bit of experience using it and you, not everyone has access to it. You know, it's just the person who's using that Excel spreadsheet on their computer, um, which causes the problem. The thing with zero projects is it keeps the tradesperson in zero. And for me, I come from a bookkeeping background myself. 
I know that I don't want my trades clients in zero. I, I don't want them messing around with what I've been doing. Um, I don't want them snooping through reports, pinpointing things that, you know, they maybe don't understand that need further explanation, but have probably been done correctly. And so giving them a tool like Next Minute, which is separate to the product, is exactly what they need because it's been built for them. It's not, you know, zero has been built for the accounts and bookkeepers to be able to do their job properly. Um, I think that's the main difference. Um, going back to the app stack as well and, you know, where we replace things. And we may not replace, you know, a lot of things, but if they're using like a timesheet tool that's separate to their accounting software, that then needs to be pulled up to then go into payroll. Next minute covers that. So we could maybe replace a timesheet tool because we've got that included in our product. Um, if they've got a separate invoicing or quoting system that they're using because maybe they don't like Xero's format or QuickBooks format, again, we would replace that type of information because it's an all-in-one product for the trade business. Okay, so you've made you've made some really good points. I've got loads of questions now. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, one thing that you said, which really, really like hits home for me, we mentioned like zero project. We have no problem with zero projects. Just going to put that out there. Like, no. but, but what you said is like they do um, they do this sort of base level, um, which is totally fine as you get started. But then you need to think about um, what you what a piece of software does really well. So in terms of like when you're working with your client and Joe and I are really keen that bookkeepers think about having a niche or just an awareness of where they're an expert and where they do their best work because that's where they can be the most valuable and they understand who they help the best. And that might be an industry niche or it might be some other niche, which we can talk about another day. Um, but once you know that and you can kind of understand that specific type of client, you can put yourself in their shoes, think about the challenges that they have, and you can walk through the kind of questions that they're asking and the way that they need their business to run. And then you can choose the tools that are going to work in the exactly. best way. The things that work really well, yeah. Exactly. It may be that, you know, the business only has one or two employees at this point in time. They're starting out. So Zero Project is the perfect entry-level tool that will get them through the next two to three years of their business. But is it going to scale and grow as their business grows, which for you guys is, you know, the ultimate goal, right, is to help your clients succeed. So then you're seeing success. So, you know, is it going to be able to do that in the future? Maybe not. So I think those are the things that need to be looked at when you're considering a tool as well. So when we're thinking about who our client is and what their challenges are in their business, we can then map out this journey and we can choose what the right tools are that are going to help them every step of the way. And as the business grows, is this still going to continue to work for that kind of client? And that's why we're not necessarily going to choose just an accountancy tool and stick with that because I think maybe for bookkeepers starting out you might be thinking I just need to choose which software I'm going to be using and then I'm good but actually then I, I remember this you like get into this world and you're like wow there's all these webinars and trainings and all these other things I should do and ah now which one do I actually choose you need to choose the one that's right for the client you work with yeah absolutely 100% so how do you how do you decide which apps how do you do the research? I think like this is one of the challenges, isn't it? We're so time poor. Um, how do we find the time to train on the different thing, different apps and decide which tools are going to be right for us in our businesses? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of different um, apps out there, whether it be cloud-based or, or something else. So kind of good, 
a rule of thumb slash top four things to look for and the features and integrations. So do you, do you or your client have any specific requirements that you're looking to be fulfilled? Are there any deal breakers? Does the software integrate into your app stack or your client's app stack? You know, at the end of the day, we're trying to use software to make everyone's life easier. So if the apps can talk to each other, then it gets kind of a win-win. Um, support and training is obviously a big one. So do they offer localized support? Um, you know that remote working has opened up uh, tech companies to kind of expand their borders. So making sure that you have uh, localized support that you can pick up the phone and call during the day or email is, is kind of really key. And are there any additional fees for support or is there any implementation cost? That's something that you need to be aware of. And if there is an implementation cost, then you need to kind of build that in um, when you're doing pricing. Um, Going on to pricing, that's another big one. So does your client have a budget expectation? Does the app fit into the budget? Is the pricing scalable if your client business grows? So if they reach a certain amount of users, is there a big jump between the two pricing tiers? It's just something to kind of have at the back of your mind and discuss with the client quite early on. So there's no uh, hidden surprises. And lastly, innovation and scalability. So does the application have regular feature releases? Are they constantly bringing new stuff to the table? And the most important one is, do they listen to their users' feedback? Are they actively kind of taking a role of, our users are screaming for this, let's get this um, sorted out and let's get this implemented into the system? That's really great advice. That's an amazing checklist for when you're looking at new apps. And I noticed that you didn't say there, well, because someone else is using it. And this is something that we talk about a lot is the fact that in a community, you see someone else and then you get shiny object syndrome and you don't think about what your clients need, about your current setup, about your, you know, how much money your clients have to spend. And that's something we have to think about. And I really like the fact about, you know, the support and the development of that app. And, you know, you have to really look at these things these days because there are instances, I've had it in my firm in the last two months where we've done all the research, we like the product, we've done it, and then they've pulled it from us, from the UK. And that's that's the time, effort, training, implementation. We've had to train not only staff, but our clients on how to use it. And now we're scrabbling around trying to find an alternative. And it does take a lot of our time and effort. And then you become, you have to become the salesperson for that app because you have to have that conversation with your client, explain the benefits, why they need it and why they're going to have to pay for it because you can't swallow the cost. So I really like all of that. And really, that's the kind of checklist you need to go through to choose an app. But then really, you can use that checklist and the answers to that as a bit of a sales script when you're talking to clients about why you've chosen this. And, um, and I, yeah, I think, I think it's really important. I mean, have you got any, with regards to cost of apps and having those conversations, I know that, I know in the past, and I've seen it with some of our community, that they've just swallowed it themselves, the cost, because they're like, well, I've chosen this and it's gonna leverage my time how do we have those conversations with the end user about how it's going to benefit them? And, you know, with regards to next minute, if you so you've got a construction client and you're going to talk to them about your, the fact you're introducing it and you're going to need to pass on the cost. 
have you got any top tips for bookkeepers having that difficult conversation yeah um at, at the end of the day um you know the price of a software is an investment um it's an investment for the business it's an investment for the directors to hopefully aid the business growth so we start we focus on the fact that it is an investment and that they should expect to see a return on the investment whether that be in pounds or more importantly in time so a prime example it's, it's a very basic one but um, if you had a subscription cost that was 150 pounds a month but it saved you three hours a week of manual data input you probably made your money back uh within hopefully the first the first week but you know maximum of two weeks um you will have made your investment back if the software also integrates into other apps in your app stack it's going to save you even more time so it's it's a win-win um, there's obviously similar products that are out there that are cheaper but do they offer the same uh, you know features levels of service and care and integrations um, so yeah using the the checklist the tips from the previous question hopefully you'll be able to build up a little pros and cons list and the more boxes being ticked, the more valuable, the more value the software is, is going to add to your business and your client's business. That's really useful. So, so we, let's say, for example, you've been doing something with a client, the client probably has come to you with a spreadsheet that they've built, which is their baby, because that, you know, it is right. It's like their very special thing, precious thing, and they want you to know how to use it so that you can look after them and their business in the way and report in the way that you they want you to do that. Um, some bookkeepers might say, well, actually, I'm not going to work in that way. So I'm not the right bookkeeper potentially for you. But if you were if you'd had a conversation with them about, well, actually, I would I, I know about the software which can do this so much better and it would able, be able to give you this and this and this. Um, how? how do you say we're not we're not going to do this anymore we're going we're going to be using this instead like i think that that is that is a difficult conversation to have when when someone's got so used to a particular process that they've been running in their business yeah um i mean change is scary no one likes change um so by kind of taking that leap yourself and starting the the education process of this is how this piece of software can improve my life improve the business can improve the client's business and kind of leading them down the path of you know if we aim for six months time this is going to be the difference between here and now you're going to see this improvement and then yeah that's going to kind of really be a game changer and just you know taking it slowly and focusing on one aspect at a time and not just kind of dumping everything that the system does and going baby steps so we like to kind of focus on uh, your timesheets for example We'll get timesheets up and running, get them running smoothly, and then move on to something else. So, um, yeah, always recommend cool. baby steps. Yeah, so like show them this is what it could look like. We're going to do it a little bit at a time. So first of all, we're going to move from here to here, and then we'll do this bit as well. Yeah, that's really yeah. Um, sometimes I think that um, when people see that you're no longer doing the spreadsheet, and they know how long it takes them to do the spreadsheet every month. I'll use this as an example. You can see yeah. that this has happened in my life. Um, <laughs> You know, when, you know, people really are invested in the systems that they've built up. Right. And and like you said, change is a scary thing. So when if you if there's a spreadsheet and there's a way that they've been working in the past and the business owner understands how that works because they've been doing that for a long time, and they know how much time is involved, which is why they realize that it's time for them to bring a bookkeeper in who can support them. Um, 
but then you're going to bring an app in which potentially removes some of the hours of manual work that have been happening before how do you justify that to them how do you justify the value to them of that because I think that so often we get stuck um Joe and I know this so well bookkeepers get so stuck in the trap of charging an hourly rate for the work they do and if the business owner sees well that five hours of work that used to happen every week now don't need to happen because we've got this software um how do you have that conversation with them about well no it isn't going to take me so long uh but this the cost is still this yeah so uh I'm going to hand this question over to Em, as uh, she has worked in a bookkeeping firm before, and I'm sure she's uh, pretty familiar with this situation. I am. I've been through this before personally. Um, So I think going back to like the checklist that Josh mentioned earlier around running through what the app delivers and doesn't meet expectations, and it probably will Um, over deliver on some of the expectations because it's going to have more features that are specific than a a spreadsheet can offer. Um, So if you look at that, you've actually built a pros and cons list um, and that pros list is hopefully going to outweigh what, you know, a spreadsheet or manual um, hours were going into it. In that as well, it's going to help with accuracy. So manual data entry, you know, you can easily make a mistake. They can easily add an extra zero or drop an extra zero. Um, and that's not great for business either. So having a lot of things automated is going to end up having more accuracy in the data that's being output. And therefore, the value of your service hasn't changed. It's actually probably improved because you're delivering the same amount of work, um, whether it takes you the less time, but it's probably more accurate than it was previously being done. Um, and that's going to help with different conversations around, you know, as Josh said, what happens in six months time? What are your goals that you're trying to achieve as a business? And how do we get you there? This app might be one of those things that gets you there because we're freeing up your time. If we look at it from a um, construction perspective specifically, those business owners might be able to go back on site. They might be able to pick up extra work. They might be able to pick up one extra job in you know, a three-month period that brings in more business. They might be able to employ more people because they've got more time to onboard those staff and do training. Um, so all of these things, giving the time back and having an expert take care of the work for them is going to just improve the business overall. Um, from a bookkeeping perspective as well, if you are in a business where you're charging by the hour, I was in that position where our bookkeeping firm charged per hour. And then we in- introduced all this software that saved us time. And we couldn't charge the same amount of hours. Um, We decided to move to a a value-based pricing system or model, um, which was fixed hourly rates, uh, sorry, fixed monthly rates uh, that we charged. So it might've been 500 pounds for the month and you get XYZ services delivered. Um, And that meant it didn't matter how many hours we spent doing the work. Some months we might go over, some months we went under. So it averaged out in the end. So it's not that scary. I know for some people it can be really daunting to make that move um, because you worry that you're going to lose money or, uh, scope creep and that's a whole nother conversation um but it's not you know it does actually work out in the end and you can always adjust your pricing every year you know most people do my rent's going up you know it's happening everywhere so there's no reason that you can't do that as a bookkeeper either um but the value of the service that you're providing is still there if not better Uh, and it's actually better for cash flow for both sides for you and your client to have a monthly pricing structure they know exactly what service they're getting delivered and how much it costs. There's less arguments or questioning about what you've been doing in the month. Uh, so that's how what we did, and it worked really well. The other option is if you stay on the monthly pricing as a bookkeeper, you know, do you have more time to take on more clients yourself as well? Um, could you 
or do you have more time back in your life that you wanted that you didn't have before? It's so nice, Emily, to hear that you're uh, saying the same message that me and Zoe do from across uh, the globe. And um, no, you you did perfect um, given the examples and the benefits of value-based pricing. So yeah, and absolutely, we've got to, when we're having the conversations with the clients, we've got to tell them about where this software is going to get to, uh, get them to and the benefits and how they're going to feel and the, the freedom they're going to have of not doing this spreadsheet anymore, but someone else managing it. And improve because of those accuracies and um absolutely so if someone if a bookkeeper's listening today and i know you said about you know if you've got a client that's you know you might be able to use zero projects or i don't know if quickbooks has got an option for that as well um but what kind of what's the perfect construction client that really suits next minute you know what who what kind of turnover are you looking for what kind of size of business so that when bookkeepers are listening to this they they can think oh i've got a client like that yeah you want to go josh yeah sure um so uh yeah our kind of ideal customer um is someone in residential construction all those associate trades from about three employees up to 50 um and just really looking for kind of one system to be able to track the costs of the projects um be able to generate quotes invoices uh timesheets as emily mentioned um, and have all of that information feed directly back into the accounting package, um, hopefully to uh, empower the, the bookkeeper to have their own little uh, one source of truth, whilst giving the construction client a little bit more of a sandbox environment to play with. Oh, great. Okay. And we are going to be running a webinar together, aren't we, next week on the 31st of May at 12 o'clock. And bookkeepers and accountants who are listening to this too can register for that now. We're going to share the link in the show notes and we'll be talking about this on our emails over the next couple of days as well. So do come along. Do you, um, what kind of things are we going to be covering during that webinar, Josh? Emily? Uh, M, that's, that's yeah. to you again, I, uh, I think I'm going to be doing the webinar. Josh and I have kind of flipped a coin of who's doing what um, PR kind of work recently. Uh, so I'll be on the webinar. We're going to do a very similar topic to today, but in more depth and more specific to next minute. So, you know, today I think we've had a very general overview of how app stacks work and can improve your business. But um, we'll focus very specifically on next minute residential construction businesses um, and how we can improve both of your working lives to work together using products like next minute. Perfect. We will share the link in the show notes. I'm really looking forward to it. And it'll be a really good opportunity to see the software and see how it works as well. So if you've got clients in construction, come and register and find out more about that. Um, thank you, Emily and Josh, so much for your time. It's been really interesting. This is like a conversation that we need to talk about more, you know, like choosing the right tools because it's so easy to just see everything out there and think, oh, I need to be doing everything. But actually, it's just about getting focus on what do you need in your business? And it's different for everybody. Um, thanks ever so much for your time. Thanks, everyone who's joined us in this today and uh, we will catch up with you next week for another episode of the bookkeepers podcast take care bye thanks thank you don't forget to join us every week for the bookkeepers podcast for topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook community six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com